G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Jesus said, if you hold to my teachings, you are really my disciples. Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. David overcame Goliath and then later took a band of men, became their captain, and transformed them into mighty men of war. It was said about these men when David found them that they were in distress, in debt, and discontented. Think about that. They were in distress, meaning they were given a hard time, outwardly harassed. They were in debt, financially impoverished and discontented, inwardly embittered and dissatisfied with the existing state of things under Saul. They became mighty warriors because he, David, was their captain. Their deeds reflected his glory. Several psalms were written by David while he was in the cave of Adullam. One of them was Psalm 34. There he says, Come, you children, listen to me. I will teach you the fear of the Lord. In a similar way, Jesus built his army from fishermen, tax collectors and sinners, people who were wounded by Satan and marred by sin. He took those who were despised and raised them up to be his army, which was destined to turn the world upside down. He is still building his army today. This is Set Free with Ken Legg. And thanks for joining us, Phil, here, along with author and pastor Ken Legg. And our subject this week has an interesting title, Saints Punching Above Their Weight. And yesterday we looked at how David's victory over Goliath is a picture of Jesus' great triumph over Satan at the cross. But then we see that David took a handful of dejected men and built them into a great army. And that's exactly what Jesus is doing with us. And I guess, Ken, in many ways, we might be like, they were in distress, in debt, and discontented. Yeah. Well, let's look at these men. The, the first one was Adino the Esnite. Interesting name. Now, he's described as he who sat in the seat. Now, to sit in the seat is a term meaning to occupy a position. And the first thing about spiritual warfare, I believe, is we need to know our position. We are positioned in Christ. We have a saying in our ministry, it's not your condition that determines your position, but knowing your position will determine your condition. So the lesson, the first lesson of spiritual warfare is you need to be clear about your position before you go into battle. Who are you? And who are you in relation to the enemy that you're facing? Are you inferior to him or are you superior? Are you punching above your weight? And the only thing that will help you to answer that question correctly is the truth concerning your position. Now, just as Adino sat in the seat we are seated with Christ. Phil, I don't know if you're aware of that book by Watchman Nee, Sit, Walk, Stand, mm. by, based upon the uh, letters of the Ephesians of Paul. And, you know, there's three parts there. First of all, we're seated with Christ. Then we can walk that out. Our position becomes a daily walk, and then we can stand before the enemy. But it begins by knowing that we're seated with Christ. Mm, but the stand part is all about warfare, isn't it? It's about us standing against the enemy, like you say, before we get to standing or even walking, we've got to understand what it means to be seated with Christ because that's actually where the victory is, not the standing so much. It's knowing who Christ is and our relationship to him. Yes. In fact, the term in Christ or its equivalent is found over 150 times in the New Testament. In fact, it was Jesus who first taught that the new relationship which believers would have with him 
in this age is one of being in Christ. He said, in that day you will know that I am in the Father and you are in me and I in you. So when we come to faith in Christ, we're incorporated into him in every aspect of his redemptive career. We died to who we were when he died. We died with him. We were buried with him and we've been raised to newness of life with him. And now we're seated with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. We are the body of Christ. We're not like a body. Sometimes mm. you hear people say we're like the body. No, we are the body of Christ. He's the head and we're the body as the body can't be separated from the head so we can't be detached from him. We are the fullness of him that fills all in all. So it just reinforces the fact that we need to know our position if we're going to engage in the spiritual warfare that we are in. Absolutely. Uh, in fact, one of the important things about our position, Phil, is that it's actually a change of position we're not in the position that we were before we came into Christ. Uh, Paul says that he has delivered us from the power of darkness. That's where we were. And he's translated us into the kingdom of the Son of his love. So we've come out of one position and we've come into another. Paul put it this way when he was speaking before King Agrippa. He said that he had been sent to open the eyes of the Gentiles to turn them from darkness to light and from the power of Satan to God. So that's the change of position, we've been relocated, we've been taken out of darkness, we're now in the light. We've been taken out of Satan or his power and we're in Christ. So to be in Christ means that we're empowered with all the resources that he has. Mm. And Paul said, be strong in the Lord. Yeah. Um, how do we do that? Well, notice, Phil, that he said, be strong in the Lord, not strong for the Lord. There's a lot of Christians trying to be tough for Jesus. Actually, we're not told to be strong for him, to you know, to put our best foot forward and to try our hardest. That's what that means. But to realize that, hey, the only strength that we have against this enemy, if we're not going to be punching above our weights, is to be strong in the Lord, to basically uh, embrace the power that he gives to us and to walk in that power. See, here's the question. Can I defeat the enemy? Answer, No. But did Christ overcome Satan? Yes, he did. Now, does Christ live in me? Yes, he does. So therefore, we're not fighting for him, but he's manifesting his victory through us. That's what it means to be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. So every time we operate from position, we're not punching above our weight because Satan, as we've already said, is under the feet of of Christ, and we are the body of Christ. You might have to rename the uh, the series this week, Ken, yeah. to Saints Not Punching Above Their Weight, <laughs> because yeah. it's, not, it's not us, it's actually him who's doing exactly, it. Exactly, yeah. yeah. It's a great thing when you get your head around it. Any final thoughts before we close off today? Yeah, I think the key to victory over the enemy is to remember that Satan has already been defeated. I think some people fail to realize that. They, they talk in terms of almost like they've got to win the war. They've got to fight the fight. Mm. They've got to pull it off, you know. No, um, we're not walking, working, I should say, towards victory, but from it. It was accomplished for us at the cross 2,000 years ago. So our position, as you said earlier on, is to stand in Christ. You know, sit, walk, stand in Christ. We might not always feel victorious. got nothing to do with feeling. The fact is the battle has been fought and won. Oh, but so, that's hard sometimes, Ken. It know, is. We operate in a world of feelings. That's what. That's you know where we are. Yeah. But we need to realize that it's not about that. That's right. Uh, John says this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. Mm. And, and Paul says to fight the good fight of faith. Now, I don't know about you, 
feel, but I like only fighting a good fight. And a good fight is the one you know you're going to win. Mm. <laughs> That's a good fight. Yeah. And we're, we're going to win because we've won in Christ. The victory has already been accomplished and, and we have won. That's why Paul then goes on to say that we've got to put on the whole armor of God. Um, do you remember when David tried to put on the armor of Saul? Now, that's a picture of <laughs> trying to put on our own armor. Yep. The armor of flesh. Didn't Saul fit. Was a, he couldn't move. Flesh. It was too big. It was too heavy. He could hardly stand up, could yeah. he? Yeah. So he took that off and trusted God, went out against the enemy in the power and the might of God because, you know, the devil taunted, not the devil, but Goliath taunted him and says, you know, who do you think you are coming out against me? And David said, you come out against me with a spear and a sword and a, a shield, but I come out against you in the name of the Lord. So he he stripped himself of that armor of the flesh, Saul's armor, but he went out in the name of the Lord. And that's where his victory was. He he got a wonderful victory because he didn't stand alone, but God was with him. Such a great picture when you think about it because we often try to put on the, the things ourselves that naturally you would think you need to go into battle. In this yeah. case, physical armor. Yeah. But it actually was more restrictive to him than helpful. And it was when he then took all that off and just trusted in God and stood in the position that he had in God that he actually got the victory. Yeah. And so, you know, it is the armor of God. Uh, I remember once preaching in the Philippines, and uh, by the time I'd finished teaching this series on the armor of God, the, the pastor said to me, he said, that's amazing. You know, I've always understood it in terms of my ability. Like, for example, the breastplate of righteousness is me being as righteous as I can. But no, it's the armor of God. It's we receive his righteousness and we're able to stand against the enemy. It's a different subject this week on saints punching above their weight. And we'll have more tomorrow. Until then, remember, you don't have to carry that baggage. God wants you to be set free. For books, DVDs, small group studies and other resources from Ken Legg, including the book This Is The Life, which features topics from today's message, visit the Vision Christian store at vision.org.au. That's vision.org.au.